So I think we should uh, just get it out the way and say that this is an anti-Grandpa Joe podcast. Oh, fuck, fuck Grandpa Joe. Fuck Grandpa Joe. See, see, hold on. Oh, 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 God. Do we have a hot take coming do in? We, do oh, we already God. have a dissenting opinion ooh, on this? Ooh, ooh. <laughs> this, is, this is your baseline. I thought, yeah, I thought this is like the, the baseline. <laughs> we have a dissenting opinion. Uh, I'm pro-Grandpa Joe. I'm anti Charlie. Okay, I Charlie's mean, a little fucking shithead. Secretly, <laughs> what? Okay, okay. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Charlie is a child. This is a child. He's a fucking little piece of shit. Why? Why? What? Oh, I mean, besides the fizzy lifting drinks, which was influenced by Grandpa <laughs> no, no, Joe. No, no, by Grandpa he Joe. He wouldn't have drank those fizzy lifting drinks if Grandpa Joe didn't peer pressure him into it and almost killed both of them. Charlie's, Charlie's, shit shittiness began almost at the like very beginning of the movie where uh you know he comes walking in he's like an ungrateful little shit like i'm sick and tired of this uh (laughs) fucking cabbage soup and then when it's his fucking birthday it's his own birthday and uh his grandparents or like maybe his entire family which is his grandparents plus his mom like I'll chip in to get him like a nice sweet little chocolate uh whatever candy or something. He's like, Oh, I got a golden ticket. Oh yeah, like, he just fucked oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just that was that was so funny. Oh, come on. Like, no, what no. are you fucking doing? No, he's doing it for the bit, man. But he learned it <sighs> from that trickster grandpa of his. Grandpa no. Joe. Motherfucker. Like Oh, this, my legs don't work. Oh uh, fucking free chocolate? Let me just do kickflips and shit. I mean, he's not nice. No, no, he fell over like once or twice. Oh, he fell over he once fell or twice. Over. That's yeah. called playing the bit. Greetings, comrades. You're listening to the Ghost Kino podcast, uh, a podcast about socialism, cinema, and shitposting. And I am one of your esteemed armchair revolutionaries uh, and, and hosts of this fine, fine podcasting hour, Connor Beckett. And I'm joined, as always, by my esteemed colleagues who... I will what, enable. To. What's up? <laughs> there you go. Uh, we got Astro, your space cowboy in the Ghost Kino universe, traveling between dimensions to give you my opinions, whether you like it or not. Mm-hmm. We we got a GKU going on now. GK. <laughs> we do. We do got it. GKU. Where it's our it's our own thing. It'll develop as time goes on. It'll the be <laughs> like just wait in four years. I just put it together. It took me a second right there. I because... know. Just wait in four years. You're gonna be dissecting every sentence I'm saying right now. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, little fun fact for listeners at home: play that whole sequence backwards to reveal the clue to our next movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's hidden in there. Oh yeah, it's hidden in there. Uh, Era, you want to introduce yourself? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm Era. Uh, hey. <laughs> hey. 
Hi, how hello. Are you? Hi, hello, how are listeners. You? How's uh, how's everyone doing? Can I get a vibe check real quick before we dive it dive mm-hmm. into cinema? Vibe check, not good. I don't pa- check. I, I don't pass the vibe check today, but that's mm-hmm. okay because tomorrow's another day, and we're here talking about movies. <laughs> I think talking about movies. And, and let- April is my bad month. Like April is like every really? for the past like four years. April has just like been the most awful month for me like mm. I, I don't even know why like this is like there's something in the lunar cycles or some bullshit like that but like this is the are you an aries i'm not i'm a taurus it's like preparing me for new life it's like death yeah. violent ripping a part of myself before the next year my 24th year i guess <laughs> it'll do that just getting deep deep getting into my- <laughs> i'm fucking i'm fucking chilling this week that's good work <laughs> I look at this point in terms of just having to work and this is a nice little disclaimer, I guess, in, in case my employer listens, it's, it's nothing against my current job. It's just, just the nature of work is fucking, I do, I simply do not dream of labor. I don't want to work period straight up. And, uh, but this week has been like not awful. So I'm going to, I'm going to consider that a win. In my that mind. is a win. It's What's, a win. My week's been, uh, pretty well so we're so for those of you who don't know or uh whatever sorry (laughs) gotta pause there um i am a high school english teacher so we're for the juniors and the seniors 11th and 12th grade we are doing a hybrid schedule now for the fourth quarter um and it's uh nice to like be back and and see some faces i'm not gonna like go into like five minutes of how we're utilizing hybridization but uh it's actually like pretty smart pretty smooth it's just like you know as with anything rough around the edges but um on top of that uh grades are due by midnight tonight so like the last like (laughs) 24 hours or 36 hours i've just been like you should, trying to grade shit and it's should, just like fucking annoying That's, you should just avoid the hassle and just give everyone a's <laughs> just give them all like a hundred percent everyone gets <laughs> everyone C gets an plus. a <laughs> and then i will i will say because of the fucking pandemic and online learning and and whatever like i think general and it's probably I don't know if it's like because also like I'm just generally new at this. Like this is only well, I'm I'm ending my second full year uh, as a teacher. But um, like my first year, I guess I was like kind of easy. And even as maybe like a, a student teacher, it's still just trying to figure out like how to navigate grading. But um, mm-hmm. this year in particular. Uh, definitely like I, I'm trying to be more lenient and uh, just sympathetic and, and whatnot. What a, what a fucking, what a fucking year to be in your second year teaching. That sucks. Well, I mean like more of like not to dive diverge for a second, but like what a year to be 
fucking like 17 and 18 and 16 years old like oh it's like that that is such a fucking hard time and that's that's when the wonder the wondrous golden vibe of youth sort of last time i was happy literally (laughs) sunsets away and you're just like you face the tremendous responsibility of of being an adult an adult oh my god which uh is my segue into the film that we're talking about uh this week which is uh definitely a little bit of a mixed bag of childish childish wonder Come. and uh the crush of <laughs> industrial capitalism <laughs> industrial capitalism i guess depending on uh, which character you are in the film we're talking about the uh, 1971 film Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, not Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, as everyone uh, I to- who I told we were doing this movie this week <laughs> asked me, uh, which is a film. Well, okay, go ahead, Era. You're going to say something. I was just going to say, because the book and the newer movie are both Charlie. Yes. Yeah. And well, this on- is just like fucking Willy everywhere. <laughs> I will say about Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the film. It is as weird and like controversial as the film is, and as sick as yeah, as weird as it is, it is closer to the book than Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah, and the book is also for sickos. Oh, it totally is. Raw Dahl is like a an, an sociopath, but. <laughs> He wrote some good stories sometimes. Yes, he, did. <laughs> yeah. he wrote some good stories, man. And I, 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 I just found out that, and I always forget about this, but he, I recently discovered, and by recently, I mean like literally like maybe Monday or Sunday or some shit. Uh, he wrote You Only Live Twice. What? What? The Bond yes. film? The Bond film, Roll Doll either like did the story or like fuck? actually wrote it yeah that's insane that's nuts that's I, insane i also found out that no um, way <clears throat> this week that bong joon ho's film snowpiercer is uh a sequel to willy wonka the chocolate factory <laughs> uh, what <laughs> okay no there's i'll link i'll link it in the episode description there's a very good uh film theory bullshit uh, video where someone talks about how the films are connected and oh god which fuck that. I, uh, fuck yeah that. fuck that we're gonna talk we're gonna take this film at face value so willy wonka um, yeah i think uh willy's wonka willy's wonka Will, <laughs> willy's no wonka um i think is sort of in, <laughs> introductory cue much like we did last week's episode um we'll talk about some initial impressions and then we'll get into the specifics. Uh, if I could go first, because I chose this film. I guess so. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. May May I have this floor? <laughs> yeah, the floor. Ah, uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, comrades. Um, I guess so. <laughs> I uh, so I chose this film uh, because I think when I could when Astro and I were conceptualizing what we wanted this show to be like, um, I just really wanted to take the piss out of. Anything that was like minorly associated with that that was tinged or touched by capitalism in terms of like a piece of art. And there were, I remember there being a lot of layers to this. Um, like I haven't watched this film in a decade and I was just thinking like, Oh, like fucking we've got, uh, post-war Britain, uh, the, uh, like labor relations as they began to exist in the post-war era, uh, fucking urban poverty 
as it exists for the Bucket family. And I was like, okay, so there's like some fun stuff to work with here. And then I rewatched this film and it is so much more bananas than I remembered when I was a child. No, same. It's so much more weird. It's like, it's super weird. Like, I truly think, I think that Willy Wonka is a film that truly captures what a child's mind is like because to a child it all seems normal. Yeah. No, exactly. That's what I was thinking. I was like, yes. it, like that movie, like when I was a kid, I was like, oh, this is like just a normal ass, like family Hollywood movie. And like, I just loved it. But like, I'm like, this isn't like, it's just, whoosh. it is so weird. I, uh, I kind of love it though. Oh, yeah. I mean, I uh, love it. In terms of what the film is saying, I'm not super in love with that. Okay. Oh, I mean, no. I mean, but, this film has no... I, I don't love anything esoterically about this film. <laughs> but as a film, it's fun as fuck. It's dope as fuck. Uh, Era, your thoughts? I don't remember the last time I watched it, but I'm pretty sure it was at some point within the last 10 years. And so um, I forgot that... It was like a pseudo musical. Yes. Really? Uh, Number one. Yeah. Just kind of a musical when it feels like it. And then, well, as soon as, uh, as soon as the fucking Candyman comes in and, uh, you know, swarming with his killer bees. uh, (laughs) I would say that was that was both a Candyman. And a Wu Tang, yeah, of course. You, know, you got to pay homage to both. I, I was that, saying that. Yeah, I was gonna say this should be our first subject of conversation because Astro and I touched on. We were talking about this a little bit before. Yeah. And, um. What? What other? What's the best place to start? It, but with the first musical number, uh, which lulls you into a false sense of security that this is going to be a musical film, and then you're just like, oh, there's a surprising amount of dialogue here. Um, exactly. There's no music until like pure imagination in the Oompa Loompa songs. And yeah. That's it. Um, well. Mm, oh, and cheer up, Charlie. Cheer up, Charlie. Yeah, well, everyone wants to forget that one. There's also literally fucking Candyman. Liter- yeah. Like, they, it, he starts to, like, go from speaking to, like... Who can take a sunrise? So, yeah, like kind that. of singing. And I'm like, oh, shit, yeah. Like, this is partially a musical. Okay. Totally forgot. But then, um... I... I too, our listeners won't be able to see, uh, but Connor took some notes, <laughs> and I did as well. I uh, um, I I, I am... wish I could just like fucking walk in like my first initial like I all right I have a huge sweet tooth fucking love any most and any and probably all uh, like sh- anything with sugars like oh. really fucking good that's, oh, that's pretty, like my huge vice that's pretty bourgeois of you <laughs> okay i was eating uh i, I was eating easter right. chocolates while watching this movie i was having i felt like a king i was laying down on my couch and i had the my roommates went like on a road trip or something so i had the apartment all to myself and i just nice. sat on the couch in my underwear and just ate fucking <laughs> easter nice. chocolate watching this is the life and just blasted out of my mind <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, it was a gra- <laughs> i had such a good time watching this movie again it I, was like great vi- revisiting this I, I will say it did conjure up this type of childlike wonder, even though even as I was going like dog, what the fuck? Oh, like, like totally. I was just like laughing my ass off at like so much it, of this it, that I just completely forgot about. It's just insane to me that I feel like that this movie was even made and yeah. like 
became as popular as it did it's just very astounding because that's what i'm saying like as i'm older now i'm like this is a weird movie and it just and like i was watching like because I, I i found that i i have a large collection of like these like warner brothers like blu-ray thing and that mm-hmm. was in there so i had the blu-ray of it huh. there was some behind the scenes shit of it that i watched and they did not make this on a relatively large budget at that time it was a pretty you can really, kind of tell and i i like that though i yes like, it adds yes, a same. lot to it's like bizarre like it's very psychedelic. I mean, obviously the title sequence, but just like and surreal. Yeah, yeah it's like very. Absur- very absurdist. Like especially lo- like most of like Willy Wonka's dialogue. This is very interesting. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. Like you know, I guess you know every sort of the period of wit- the period in which like a piece of work is created is always like there's always going to be reflections of that time mm-hmm. within the work but this i like when i was just watching that intro sequence with the chocolate yeah. and like the technicolor uh sort of uh intro- introductory credits i was like oh so yeah this is this is real heavy fucking late 60s early 70s like mm-hmm. technicolor aesthetic right here yeah. like i completely yeah. forgot about that and that was kind of a joy i was oh like, it's awesome yeah i was like man this is like a delight yeah. well, what you were saying about the reflection of its times that i thought like i was interesting that the filmmakers were doing was um they shot it in bavaria i believe and um the reason i was wondering because sorry to totally interject and cut you off but i was wondering just because um at the very end the rooftops i'm like those are not like fucking british rooftop like structure and shit i was like this is not well i don't that was what they were saying is that the film is not actually like supposed to be really anywhere in it's not like england it's like it was intentionally like they filmed it in bavaria a because of like it was cheap but b also because it gave it a sense of ambiguity of where it was they tried to show as like as like almost no cars in it because they didn't want to date the film they wanted to like do as much as they wanted to do as much as they could to like ambiguify like if that's even a word and big fucking the time and place of this and i thought that that was like very it just adds the whole nonsensical nature of the film i agree i um i want to circle in on as we were saying like the first sort of scene with the candy man um singing this song um and astro you had Uh, yeah you had a really excellent (laughs) point earlier i was like i was like i really i i and i i truly i think it'd be make the world a lot more fun place if people just fully became a one-dimensional version (laughs) of themselves and just embraced their jobs it's like i'm like it's like this dude is literally just like I work at a candy store. I'm the candy man. Like, that's everything about me. I'm the fucking candy man. Like, he's where he's dressed all sharp and shit. He's got, he looks like a fucking, like, he looks yes. like he's out of like a Wild West magazine or something. And like, he's just like, <laughs> this, this is his life. He this views is his the life. world purely through the lens, the philosophical lens of being the candy man. Well, you're saying you wanted that in your everyday life as it related to, like, going to a butcher shop. Oh, yeah. This is a big... I just want a big, large man just being like, I make meat, and that's all I do. I am meat. <laughs> Everything is meat. 
and it's have just like they form it? everything or like you go back to their house and they've got like picture like pictures of like stakes on the walls and shit like that you know like shit like that like that's what i want i want like people who their jobs purely define their entire life that we we lack that passion anymore i uh <laughs> the the first initial reaction that i had to that scene is uh well first of all maybe it's just our our time and like the fact that we're living through the residual effects of a global pandemic but like Fucking children running around a candy shop with their grubby little fingers, pouring into fucking jars of M and M's and shit. I was like, like visibly repulsed, like Uh, like cringing back into myself. I I I thought that shit was delicious as a kid. I would I would have been right in there with them. I didn't give a shit when I was a kid. Nasty, nasty, nasty. I I I didn't have like a five second rule. I had like I was like I got twenty second rule for me. I was just like I didn't give a shit. Fifteen minute rule. (laughs) Yeah, fifteen minute rule. Right, exactly. I was like I'll fucking eat it. Got it. I was always like I was of the school of thought that you had to eat dirt sometimes. <laughs> build up your part, it's system. one of the four main food groups. Exactly. Um, <laughs> my initial thought was not fucking anything about the cleanliness or whatever. It was literally, I wish I could walk into a store and get free candy. That's what I'm saying. I was like, this dude. He just walked, like, and this guy's giving it away. It's fucking lack like communism. Come on. This is the shit I don't understand. Is then when Charlie comes in and gets the one candy bar, he's like, <clears throat> give me the coin for the one candy bar. And I'm like, bro, you just like threw out, like, just like tens of dollars worth of candy to these random children. This kid's gonna buy like a 75 cent. <laughs> I'm like, fuck off. You know, fuck off. It's, uh, it's, uh, I wrote manufactured scarcity in my, in my notes. Like, this, this man is just like, no, he is. There's no fuck such yes. thing. Yes. In a wider sense, there's no such thing as scarcity as we know it's it is all manufactured and it is and we see that in a microcosm right now like in the first fucking 10 minutes of this film we see this dude fucking just fucking up his whole stock uh and and charlie's just gonna watch from the window from the window well here's the thing why the fuck did charlie just why was he doing? Like, why? Why didn't he go in? He's like pouting and acting all emo outside. Peeping, As if he couldn't have just up. ran in there with them and gotten all the candy that they got. Mm. He's just in choosing to exclude himself at that point. He's, He's turning a into a little like perks of being a wallflower, a little shithead. I think that ties into. Uh, I don't want to go too big too soon. I think we should try to maybe. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll circle back to what this film is trying to say about. Uh, capitalism specifically yeah, like big one. specifically like it its idea of what capitalism what, the right way to be a capitalist because there's a lot of wrong ways to be a capitalist <laughs> in this film um <laughs> but i guess moving onward a little bit if we're gonna go sequentially uh charlie uh stops being a sad sack gets the money buys a single loaf of bread and then goes home to visit his grandparents and, and their polycule and his <laughs> <laughs> and his <laughs> widow <laughs> <laughs> oh my god are we all in a, are we yeah, all in that's definitely on a polycule like why the fuck are they doing they're in that rumbus of a bed you know it's just like <laughs> so charlie goes back home uh hangs out with uh his his swinging grandparents uh they're, dr- they're drinking cabbage water 
Um, cabbage water. In terms of the trajectory next to Spellman. I will say this much, by the way. That when bread was, looked really good also. The bread did say, look very that good. That Technicolor bread, oof. I... It looked like it might have been a little overbaked. Oh, I don't care. It looked like cartoon bread. <laughs> um, I'll say this much. I remember the pacing in this film is so weird because so much of it is dedicated yes. to scenes of people opening candy bars. More than half of the film. You get Two to the fucking... of this movie are not anything at all to do with the factory. It's not like being... It's opening chocolate like bars. The factory is literally like the last act. Yeah. It's like the one hour of intrepid just backstory uh, and one Paraguayan uh, false flag event. I, as it relates okay. to... I have a lot. Well, not a lot, but I have some thoughts about that. The competition gets rolled out. Um, we get a little bit of backstory, and then uh, the children start picking it up. And then we, I guess, we'll get into the characterizations and those characters later on. But Era, I'd love to hear if you have a specific thought about the false flag f- yeah. f- ticket event, wherein it's found in Paraguay, but uh, it turns out not to be. Well, we skip. So I have like part of my notes. Mm-hmm. Uh, because uh, for like the first, yeah, for like the first that first hour, I took kind of detailedish notes. Yeah, we skipped over one of my favorite characters, who's literally only in it for like ten seconds. Are you talking about the man with a knife full with the a cart? Hatch nobody goes in. Outside nobody of, comes out. Just hanging out outside of Wonka's factory all day with <laughs> with with a cart full of knives, knives. telling people. That nobody goes in, nobody goes out, uh, and that's his whole. Se- it it's not explained why he's. It that's Charlie has thing. a guess, yeah. and I even I, have a edit to my notes because Charlie says he thinks he's a tinker, and that just for anyone who is going yeah. to watch this or yeah. listen to us talk about it, uh, a tinker is an outdated but not racist at least to my knowledge <laughs> nice term for uh traveling people or romani oh, oh so the, okay. so charlie's like i think he might have been a tinker as in like i mean traveling could be i mean raw doll was also like a racist. Fucking racist. Like, yeah. he was an anti-Semitic, like, racist. Yes. Like, that's that's something we can get into later about the uh, the Oompa Loompas, but that's, that's, oh, yeah. that's a yeah. little bit later. While that uh, this uh, <laughs> completely, like, uh, problematic characterization of a Romani individual is the least problematic. Oh, of the film. <laughs> I mean, also he's film. badass. Like it's like it's he like is, uh, he's like one of the coolest. He gives people. no shits. He's got, he's got these knives, dude. Like I would not fuck with this dude. I thought when I was a kid and I watched this, I for some reason thought that that was the same dude as like Slugworth. Yes. And like I thought that that was Slugworth as a kid, and I thought that was the first time we saw him. I want to talk about Slugworth in a second, but I do want to touch on just circling back to Paraguay specifically, and I'm like, oh, because <laughs> oh yeah, 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 Paraguay, Paraguay. So, I keep I'm I'm going back and forth right now. Well, because they how to say. they say Paraguayan, Paraguayan, like, Paraguayan, but it's whatever. Anyway, um, my comment about that was. Um, I loved how, like, they devoted a like 
I thought it was stupid, but then the longer it went on and the more I thought about it critically, like at first I was like, what's this stupid fucking shit? Like, okay. Yeah. Like this guy, uh, they devoted like a whole plot point of like this guy pretending to fake a golden ticket and not just that, but then like public reaction to that which I thought was just as absurd as that plot point. But then at like the last line you can, or like the last criticism or one of the criticisms you can like clearly hear um, is this guy saying like, who would lie to the world or something? And then I was like, oh, okay. Like this is actually kind of ironic because the guy is talking and looking in a newspaper about who would lie to the world and it's the fucking news, the lame stream media. Oh. I think Connor mentioned it in our first episode. That's well, true. So then it, it went I, from like being stupid to then like, oh, okay, that's kind of, kind of, kind of cool. But I feel, I think I saw, I thought the stuff with Paraguay reminded, like I thought I saw. I saw it as like almost like a little bit in reference to like the various like socialist revolutions in the South American countries and shit like that. And I yeah. was like, oh, is this some kind of jab at like these socialist countries and these godless mm. people or whatever? This is, yeah. If you if you choose communism, you don't get you faked, chocolate. Yeah, you fake the golden ticket. You fake the golden tickets. That's what the communism is. <laughs> well, that's the other thing too. Is like that's like the worst like thing that's done in terms of golden t- well i say the worst like uh it gets the biggest reaction out of like the like people that we see is like this guy pretending to have won a golden t- ticket but it's like trying to think about this in a in the real world like i just love how no one in the movie tried to like kill someone or steal it like charlie <laughs> literally swarmed by people and i'm like the kid's got his thing like oh yeah like when the people I'm are like, just like someone can just fucking take it, it from and, like, and shit. It. it's, it's yeah. very it's very uh optimistic and how civil people are with each other i guess yeah. right everyone just respects the fact that yeah, Char- it's, it's like, like oh it's just this kid He's it's like it. old doll clearly finders <laughs> keepers i guess you know yeah i'm so glad he didn't live to see black friday exist oh my god true <laughs> I, uh, truth, truth. So Charlie gets the golden ticket. Um, I uh, I had a whole thing. I, I wanted to talk about the song "Cheer Up, Charlie." The only thing I want to say about that uh, is everyone fucking hates on that song. It's a beautiful tune. No, it's so boring. I, I don't. The best version of it is by Primus. Which oh yeah, they have that Willy Wonka album episode without talking about Primus and like <laughs> that fucking Primus love. <laughs> But it's it's Primus, it's Willy Wonka, and it's really good. It's pretty rad. You should listen to it. It's pretty rad. So Charlie's running home. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cheer Um, up, Charlie sucks. Yes. Okay, whatever. We don't have to talk about it. It sucks. Charlie Charlie inspired by his his mother's beautiful singing and tremendous performance in this film. Cheer up, Charlie. Uh, is running home and encounters uh, Slugworth. Now I want to dedicate a lot of time to talking about this particular <laughs> yeah. because I am of the firm belief uh, that Slugworth 
is positioned as the antagonist, but is in fact, if we look at this film critically, the the best character in this film. I will. Well, say. he's not even the really an- real antagonist okay. anymore because you find out in the. Yes. Okay. I'm saying the initial characterization yeah. of the, Slugworth, yeah, the Slugworth and what he's doing is presented as bad, but it is objectively well, he, good. We see him being sneaky. He's kind of a sneaky Pete. Yeah. And then it's <laughs> it's not until he encounters Cheer Up Charlie where we then think he's a bad guy. Right. Ah. Well, I mean, I mean, he's trying to. It comes down to the it's, like, it's the classic. And blah, blah, and we're like, it's okay, the classic, like swir- twirly, swirly, gumdrop mustache. Exactly. It's the classic, like the stealing the secret formula, like Mr. Krabs <laughs> and playing shit, you know. And it's just like it comes down to the idea: does does anybody have a ravioli? Ravioli? Give. <laughs> does anyone have formula? ownership over ideas? Yes, and that, that this. Comes, is- intellectual property this is what i wanted to get to first of all one uh addendum to what you just said era uh we do know that slugworth is the antagonist because he is suspiciously close to children that he does not know (laughs) (laughs) he's there every time he just knows he's right up he's up in veruca's fucking hair sniffing like just in sniffing (laughs) well Okay, hold oh, on. I'd like to like, congratulate you on finding like the last golden she ticket. She uses good smelling shampoo. That's in his. No, there's no. God, that's some Joe I Biden shit right agree. there. I have a, and I don't want to use this, but I guess I have to because we all do shit posts. I have a fan theory. Okay. About, okay. Uh, the fact that literally every single like within seconds of someone winning he pops up Do you think- and that is to say uh he's picking the people on behalf of wonka mm-hmm. like he's choosing the people okay and so then i had a question like or a comment rather in in my notes uh actually i mentioned it a couple times the first is a question: Why only white people have tickets? And then <laughs> I think we know that answer. Yeah, and then, <laughs> and then context. We'll, yeah, and then the last comment about it was like Wonka specifically chose white people so they could continue exploiting Oompas, and well, this yeah. is even before the Oompas come into play. Well, mm. it's it comes back. Do we want to? I think we should talk about that. At the end. He picked, okay. Well, so the, the glasses guy picks shitty people to win which also goes back the to my theory that charlie is secret- <laughs> yeah uh charlie is secretly a shit Inter- interesting angle i will say <laughs> sorry I, no yeah i <laughs> unloaded a whole lot so you talk now i want to just Somewhere. say one thing real quick and to get back to my earlier point about slugworth specifically being a good guy because this mother this willy wonka motherfucker is hauled up in his fucking a gated community his gated community <laughs> uh hoarding teleportation technology <laughs> oh. uh, this, this man with the everlasting everlasting gobstopper can end world hunger essentially oh, totally. too and is a big sourpuss in in you know, fucking fires all of his workers initially to hire what I assume are underpaid. Well, nobody knows that even that the Oompa Loompas exist. Yes. Like, they don't know how this factory is being run. So what I'm saying is Slugworth trying to get kids into into Elon Musk's private 
uh, f- fucking like layer of uh, imagination land to reappropriate intellectual property for the good of mankind, for the sake of humanity, is admirable. At the but end the, of the day, no one's the only me- thing he cares about though is the fucking everlasting gobstopper. Yes, and like so, what yeah. is that? Like he just wants to end world hunger. That's one more. <laughs> I don't think Slugworth would do that though, because he's a capitalist. I too. didn't interpret uh, that everlasting gobstopper as able to end hunger, just ending the desire. That's true. I think it's but like it could. I feel like if you, like if you tricking cr- your body into thinking you're full, or if you cross it, if you or, yeah, whatever. If you cross pollinated that with the the coarse meal gum, I think it could happen. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I've always wanted to try that 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 gum. That gum Same. seems yeah. so tasty. I wanted to know like how it could make it make you feel like gravy yeah. going down your throat. The <laughs> tomato okay. soup. Yeah, yeah, tomato soup. Uh, I think the closest we've been able to get as an advanced, well, quote unquote, advanced or developed, uh, whatever we are, um, has been razzles. Razzles, <laughs> which are like oh my so god, that's the oh my god, man, the future sucks, dude. Uh, so let's uh, let's move forward. I'm off the soapbox about Slugworth. That was the main thing I wanted. Slugworth, I mean, I get Slugworth. Slugworth is totally like he's totally working with like the Pinkertons or whatever, and he's just trying to like he see is a Pinkerton. He's trying to figure out what's going on in these factories and if these workers are unionized or whatnot or what's going on. Okay. Let's- That's okay. Hold on. That's the other thing. Sorry. Uh, you're probably about to say the same thing. Well, I want, but, I was, uh, from there I was going to say, I've gotten off my Slugworth soapbox. Let's talk about Oompa Loompas. That's, that was yeah, the next that's, real, that's, this is the fucking elephant in the room that the pig, the pygmy elephant in the room oh that we need Christ. to talk about, uh, because it's, this is like the main reason I wanted to fucking do that, do this film for this podcast oh in the first God. place, era, it, it, which I think is the direction you're going in era. Not <laughs> it like, yes and no like worker exploitation. Literally this guy, uh, and his daughter fucking like, well, she's like literally one of the worst people in the movie ever. Veruca Salt. Uh, yes. Oh God. Uh, I hated her like, so much as a kid. The whole like having workers to vo- and you only get one more pound. Blah blah blah. Like, I mean, yeah, so it's disgusting. yeah, it's it's totally uh, what, like what a, I, that's a comment on the the relationship between the foreman and its workers. I well, guess. in a while, in a wider sense, this is the most radical thing that the film <clears throat> says about. Working like about labor relations and about owners of capital, I will say the golden ticket competition is presented as this sort of egalitarian mm-hmm. uh, opportunity wherein anybody, any child, can get a chance to see Willy Wonka's uh, fucking uh, incubator. Uh, get a chance <laughs> to see Willy's Wonka. Willy's Wonka. You <laughs> go to the 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 Willy We Work and see all the all the great. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> All the great startups that he's uh, that he's incubating, um, but of course, but without fail, uh, we see one of the main characters emerge is an individual who is uh, a, a very well situated member of the capital owning class, and it, and I would say that 
the fact that she is a winner disregarding uh era's very interesting theory as it relates to the preordaining of <laughs> golden ticket winners uh <clears throat> this film becomes accidentally socialist for a second because it's like oh well wonk is a fucking idiot because of course the owners of capital own the means to rig this competition in their favor and <clears throat> and inadvertently i think as a uh, as a like a side consequence of owning capital you have the worst fucking children in the world oh my god i know well that's the whole point yeah. of her death song imagine imagine if somebody imagine i if, love like, the death song ima- yeah yeah the, oh they're great but imagine if like this kind of hype and hysteria surrounded things like the Dylan and Cole Sprouse Danimal sweepstakes. Yeah. Like, imagine <laughs> if you just got people just, like, <laughs> popping open these Danimals and being like, what? No! Like, who, like I, I don't even know who won that shit and stuff, but I just remember, like, those would be... That was, like, my version of, like, the real life of the Wonka was hanging out with Dylan and Cole Sprouse. The real life... The real life golden ticket giveaway Bad was uh, was the McDonald's Monopoly game in the sense that it was rigged from the get go <laughs> in terms of who won. Well, yeah, exactly. No one, by the way, nobody wins in those situations. You don't win like McDonald's yeah. Monopoly. Okay, so we're moving. So, yeah, on. we're we're introduced to these awful, nasty, gross, awful children. Uh, including Mike TV, who I said to Astro in my head can and grows up to be David Lynch. Um, and they all, <laughs> they all go no, to... No, Mike TV's more... Sh- like, David Lynch to me is not shitty. And Mike TV's very shitty. Yeah. No, but I'm saying post, uh, post-harrowing... He learns his lessons. He, he learns, learns his lessons. lessons. The, the the mind the the television transportation reboggles his brains. It's like giving him acid for the first time. You yeah, know? he's gonna grow a beard. Oh, yeah, 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 he's gonna yeah, come yeah. down from the mountains and be like, I'm a much better person now. So uh, <laughs> these five nasty, horrible children go to Willy Wonka's factory. Everyone's upset for some reason that Willy Wonka walks to the cane. <laughs> Never really. They're <laughs> yeah. like, oh my god. Ableist like, oh. fucking assholes. They like, know. They're like, he's a cripple. Oh my god. I can't respect him. It's and then like, they, only res- they only respect him. When yeah, they can- only respect him when he's like able. This awful people. <laughs> Which, by the way, that uh, the cane flip scene was devised to my inf- to to yep. my understanding by Gene Wilder himself. Oh yeah, he's- yeah. Is, he said he would. It wasn't in the script, and he was like, "I won't do this film if if, if you if you don't do this." And he wanted to do it specifically f- to establish Willy Wonka's lack of reliability as a character. He said he he Genius. did it he did it specifically because he didn't want anyone to trust Willy Wonka. But by the way, he didn't have to do a cane flip for me not to trust this shady ass motherfucker <laughs> uh, because because the whole fucking movie I don't trust this. this I guy. will. I will say, like, yeah, he's already picked the five kids. I will before. say, Gene Wilder as Willy Wonka is like absolutely awesome. Yes, like he was. Yes. Oh yeah. my he's god, he's so fucking perfect. Oh my god. Like, Apparently, Peter Sellers really wanted that. Role I know, too. and like, it would have. I would have loved to like. Roll dog. Yeah. I would have loved to like take a vacation to an alternate universe and see that movie, but like, I'm glad we live in the universe where Gene Wilder was Willy Wonka because, yes. like, oh. It's just um, so wonderful. So the kids Ro- go- apparently rolled. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Uh, real quick. Apparently, Roll Doll hated the fact that the role went to Gene Wilder and not some other 
person. It was like I saw it was like some other random ass actor. I'm like, bro, who the fuck do you think you are? This is Gene Wilder, man. Yeah, right. Come yeah, on. he was already like, take fucking big. A seat. I know. Oh, he was so good, so good, and like. It, his performance is better, like, honestly, as I get older. Uh, yes. Yes, I agree. So, getting to the real meat and potatoes. Meat and potatoes. The kids I go into, meat. they go into the factory, and they encounter the, 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 the individuals who in this film have nothing to lose but their tiny booties. Uh <laughs> <laughs> The Oompa Loompas. Uh, the Oompa Loompas. Which, okay, it's just a lot to unpack here. This is a lot. I think <laughs> one one first thing a lot. Want, one the first thing I want to say is that I had misremembered that Wonka had just. I know that he had invited them from Loompa Land to come to his factory, um, <clears throat> where he is allegedly. By the way, based on Gene Wilder's characterization, don't trust anything. Not reliable. Yeah, don't, trust, <laughs> don't trust anything this motherfucker says. Uh, is he? He said that they were getting gobbled up by all sorts of nasty, gnarly creatures in Wonkaland, and that he and he said to them, "Come live with me," <laughs> and brought them to his factory. <laughs> now, my fucking headcanon as what as as far as what's going on here is that Wonka's operating some sort of clients. United Arab Emirates like <laughs> state as it relates to his labor force. Oh, I don't Christ. I he must be in possession of every single uh, Lumpa's uh passport. I like I do not believe that they have freedom of movement. No, totally not. Like this is some probably like I mean what should we call it? Like the Johnny Depp version shows kind of like in the books like well, initially in the books it's they're literally supposed to be like modeled after pygmy children. Yeah, and it's absolutely disgusting. The illustrations that Raw Doll created for them, like these are supposed to be, like these Do are not clearly up. resembling indigenous people of Africa, and it's like. And the film, and even that for the filmmakers was like, even in nineteen like nineteen seventy one, they were like, I don't think that like, that's a good idea. This is a go. lot. This is too uh, much. Us, let's dude. Com- make something completely racially ambiguous with how this looks. Which you know, I feel like at least there's really nothing that looks like an oompa loompa. At least, but I will say under the guise, if we understand the oompa loompas to be refugees, essentially. Uh, which is what they are. I like, don't see them as refugees. I well, see them as indigenous people. Well, they're. I see them as uh, slaves, like literally, like yeah, analogous to like, Af- like sh- chattel slavery. I see them as like essentially like indigenous people that were literally either forcibly or coercively enslaved to Willy Wonka. Essentially, okay. He might be a good like quote unquote master or whatever in his head but he's still enslaving these motherfuckers so (laughs) very true uh well my my viewpoint of them being refugees is that they were uh, according to wonka by the way if you if you believe the the capital yeah that's the narrative that uh if if they're fleeing violence in their in their ancestral home for the green pastures of the industrialized world what we see is very much replicant of the contemporary American dream in the sense that you flee one hellscape for another. You, you, you flee, you flee violence at home and persecution to lands 
you're to find yourself in a, what is essentially a factory town where I assume <laughs> currency is paid in kind and you could buy shit from some fucking triage shop that's set up somewhere in the Wonka industrial city. <laughs> um, and you are, you find yourself uh, encumbered in a different way, you know, beholden to, you know, less, less, less overtly violent forces, but violence nonetheless, you know, mm-hmm. Uh, that's my that was my big take on that. I, I'd oh, love okay. to hear diverging takes uh, as well. I mean, I think the narrative that Willy Wonka creates about them being refugees, of him being like the white savior, white man's burden, bullshit. Like, I think that's the narrative he's pushing. But I really think, first off, it sounds like like he just discovered this thing. He's like, ah. I'm going to bring these people here. It doesn't sound like they're fleeing anywhere. It sounds yeah, like, cause yeah. nobody knows who, nobody knows who the Oompa Loompas are. Like nobody knows where he, their homeland is from. Like if these were probably refugee, gave them candy yeah, and was if, like, if these, do you like if, candy? Well, that's what I'm saying. He probably got them yeah. like some, like signed some contract and they can't even read it and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah. Cause it goes from like large font. Yeah. He probably made them smaller. sign that big. It's the, that's the Oompa Loompa contract that you have to sign. And he's showing this like indigenous people. Like, you just, just, there you go. You like but, get the magnifying glass like, out and you're like indentured servitude. Yeah, yeah. Indentured servitude. But like, um, if these were refugees, they would, we would, the outside world would have heard of them. You know what I'm saying? Like they wouldn't have gone to Willy Wonka first. They would have gone to the, <laughs> the United Nations. Yeah, the United Nations. <laughs> like they had to go through customs and shit. And Willy Wonka stumbles upon them. And if they are truly in danger and in need of help, the way he does, instead of reporting it to the UN and making a case to see if a humanitarian thing, now nah, he just goes and takes them and scoops them, and no one knows they exist. I. uh and and to that end, you mentioned the this conceptualization of the white men's burden, which definitely plays into skipping ahead a little bit, and we'll come back the end of the film where Willy Wonka says that one of the jobs of his successor is none other than to take care of the Oompa Loompas. Oh, Mother, totally. motherfucker! They can take care of themselves. Exactly. They can make chocolate. They're they, not. They're not. I. It's that's the thing. Is like I can't tell. Like in the film, it's like are they established as like. Are they humans? Are they a different species? Like, it's just like, it's like the sentience of them is very, it's very, it's very weird. And I guess that's kind of the raw dull thing, but it becomes very problematic because of like the original context of the book and intention of it. The, the last thing I'll say about the Oompa Loompas is that what we are presented with as the viewer is uh, to the lay person, a very cutesy viewpoint of uh, industrial capitalism. I feel it's like, uh, all, all of the we want to believe that all of the goods that we consume in our lives mm. are made by jolly singing tiny men with orange faces and green Oompa, hair. Oompa. We we don't the idea that we are in any way complicit in uh, un, unethical consumerism is it, we'd rather not know. I think like is it this, the general consensus like in. Uh, neoliberal democracy is it's just like i don't want to know at the end of the day oh um, uh, yeah and so what we're presented with is that idealized form of uh the production uh of you know of of consumer goods something that sits well with us uh satiates our desire to know that our goods are made by not only people who enjoy what they do 
but um, were given a new lease on life as a consequence of consumer goods production. Yeah, well, it's like, you know how, like, there used to be an actual Wonka bar that you could get from, like, Nestle or some shit like that? I think you could still get them. Really? I thought they were discontinued. Um, But, like... Well, it's Wonka like, still makes nerds and sh- nerds. Well, yeah, I know, I know. Whatever. Wonka still make they make nerds and stuff, but I thought the chocolate bar itself was discontinued. But um, the, it's just funny because those, they're probably made in an environment much closer to the Veruca Salt uh, assembly line than <laughs> yes, the chocolate yeah. factory. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, we can get to like sort of wider things, just general. What I liked what you were saying about the. Uh, Placing the, the five children into the uh, political, their political spectrum, yeah. and their political alignment. That might be kind of <laughs> as it relates to the, the supporting cast in this film. I would like to uh, in, engage in some healthy debate about where each of the five children would fall on the <laughs> political compass alignment oh, chart. Jesus. Um, first off, I think this goes. We can all be in agreement on this. Augustus Gloop clearly pro eurozone, pro austerity uh, caricature. Um, and I'm, you might as a listener be saying, he's just saying that because he's German. The answer to that is a fucking course I'm saying. Yeah, of course it is. <laughs> I, I would say Goose's gloop is like a, is like a cent, like a hard centrist. Like he does not care about anything yeah. other than himself. He's just totally apathetic. The, like his whole family is like that. The reporter, like they, he doesn't care about fame. He doesn't care about anything. The one reporter like tries to interview his dad is that eats the microphone. Like just yeah. absolute madman. Shit, like this family, they don't give a shit. They're they just like to eat, and that's and I respect it. Like I personally got no beef with Augustus Gloop. He just likes to eat a lot. Like yeah, who get who big whoop? And 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 what? How does the film repay him in kind by fat shaming? By him. fat shaming Augustus Gloop. He's harmless. Harmless. Whoa. <laughs> yes, I wouldn't say fat shaming so much as um. Well, they use the um. They actually use like, and not like, blame this on my Catholic school educate and upbringing, whatnot. Uh, You're in good company. They use one of the vices. Um, gluttony. Uh, yes. Well, that's what this they, is. Is like the they beatitude. say gluttony, which oh, to but me it's... is like there is like such a thing as like gluttony. Like I guess so. I guess like that's kind of the. That's true. Where it's like it's not Augustus Gloop is not like specifically in seen as a bad kid because he's fat, but it's because he's always eating. Yeah, like he is every scene he is in, he is always eating. And so I yeah, yeah, okay, but still, okay, still totally, totally centrist doesn't give a fuck. He might be grilling. Yes. Okay, before we move on to the other children, I wanted to say real quick, using the word gluttony made me think, like, maybe the exercise I should have been doing was placing the characters of of this film as they pertain to the seven deadly sins, which, which, as we know, of course, no, Grandpa Joe is clearly wrath. Wrath. (laughs) No? Are you kidding me? Willy Wonka is wrath. That fucking explosion of anger. We won't have time to do this. Let's let's continue with the children. Uh, Going next to Veruca. Veruca Salt. Hard Um, Monarch. Hard hard Monarchy. 
Like obviously, clearly, uh, yeah, cle- clearly, like yeah. strong authoritarian right wing, like just immediate, oh, like yeah, like uh, like divine right, yeah, exactly. And, like, she gets what, all the power because her father and shit like that. You know, it's just total bullshit. But, uh, like qu- Queen Louis, exactly. yeah, Queen Louis. Let, well, them, I, let yeah. them eat. Maybe cake. a constitutional monarchy because I can't see her actually wanting to make any actual important decisions. Yeah, just like I feel of, like she would just be like, I don't want to focus on policy, but like if I want that, you know what I'm saying? So she would go through like she would have some kind of parliament or something like that to deal with her shit. I agree. I think, um, yeah, I, continuing in this. And she's British. Yeah, we're all, <laughs> we're all, yeah, yeah. It, which makes her. If he didn't hate this character already, it's oh, like it's we've, we've also added the worst nationality. I think in the I had that as a secondary n- characteristic. I may have had that note. In there, well, fuck the Brits. Oh no, 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 no! It was well, it was in relation to that character, but it was the scene of, oh shit, no, wait, totally sidetrack real quick. Uh, the note I have is actually the note about Charlie's like home life, and it's mm-hmm. just like if that like just any scene in his house doesn't make you, uh, I in my notes have communists, but because we're we don't discriminate here yeah. uh, if that doesn't make you a radical leftist then i don't know what will what like That's charlie's just, home life is what you're saying just, just like, like his home life shack. and then also just like any any scene with like fucking cabbage water workers if i heard the word cabbage water that's what i radicalized me i was like what yeah. the fuck no one should be <laughs> drinking this shit i do think that charlie may start the film as uh sort of I'd say like a lot of people uh, who are living under the, uh, I would say, okay, this is like dipping into my personal history real quick, meeting old Russians who remembered life in the USSR and now were acquainted with like contemporary neoliberal capitalism and their whole fucking soapbox being things were better during the USSR. That is Charlie's political alignment. That's the closest approximation. I I think Charlie... I see Charlie like along the lines of like AOC or something like that, where it's like no. someone that goes into this with all these bright ideals and thinks that they're going to change shit. And then they quickly realize that they're just going to be someone's puppet and they become a class traitor by the exactly. End of the they yes. become a class traitor by the end of the film. And that's, that's the trajectory. I feel like, I feel like Charlie is too much of an idealist, but not enough of a materialist to understand the, the relationship between his plates and how Willy Wonka contributes to his own plight. He kind of occupies that space wherein, like, uh, like a lot of Americans, where you start when you start talking about socialist ideas, but you don't call them socialism. They're like, exactly. these all sound really good. He's gonna be, a, he's gonna, he's gonna grow up to be like a tech bro. Like, I feel like I see that for him, but, but not as much as the next character I want to talk about is. Uh, Mike TV, which is who's hardcore. Yeah, I was gonna say an cap. cap. Libertarian. (laughs) And cap. And cap. And cap. Hard and cap. Yeah. I don't I don't think we need to No no debate there. This man wants to be a cowboy. Wild West politics right there. Like like, coming from the space cowboy. Yeah, exactly. Real recognizes the real right there. Yeah. And the (laughs) and that sort of uh political alignment will serve him well when he goes on to create the film Eraserhead later in life. Yeah. Well that's what he he gets he has to get stretched out by the toffee machine and so that's why his hair gets all weird probably. (laughs) 
<laughs> Mother, I just had the strangest experience. I just had the strangest dream. I was transported like a chocolate bar through the air and popped up on a TV much smaller. My name was Mike TV. I don't know who I am. Mike TV. Sorry, you saying that out loud made me think that Mike TV would be just a perfect side character in Twin Peaks. 100%. <laughs> oh, my God. It's like a little, like the evil little Nikki ever yeah the, the the devil child and the last the last uh child we need to find we have joe biden and now I we think, have hillary clinton I, I i would totally think like she's a girl boss like that i feel like that's what i would say like whatever that aligns political alignment hill dog girl, yeah what, what it's Aaron girl boss saying. yeah hill dog hill dog totally like hill dog uh maybe if she was like i like I, I I need to see see a little bit explored. Now it'd be Hill. It'd be either Hill Dog or yeah, Hill Dog or Margaret Thatcher. I could see some yeah, Thatcher. Yeah, good old yeah, I could see some Thatcher vibes. She, she is the iron. She's the Iron Lady. One hundred percent. I'll that, put a garret around her neck and put a stake through her heart and make sure she doesn't come back. <laughs> Don't you think that's a bit cruel to say? Too bad. Too bad. <laughs> That's a pretty horrible thing to say when her funeral's going on right now. Too bad, too bad. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I love that interview. We're we're nearing the hour well, mark. Oh, what shit. is our yeah, analysis yeah. of Willy Wonka himself as the capitalistic auteur? Well and his in his whole objective with this he, as he's a capital what, He's what like people think or glorify uh Elon Musk to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To me. Yeah, that's that what was, I see is like a an, definitely a hard and cap. That was one of the main reasons I another one of the reasons I wanted to do this is because I do fa- I do feel like there are these close parallels between this sort of eccentric genius that we see in Willy Wonka and the way that that that's those characteristics uh, as a capitalist are presented as you know a little bit loose canony but like objectively good by the film standards like Willy oh Wonka, yeah like Willy Wonka, Willy Wonka is, a good, is a good guy by the film standards but that ties into i would say like the contemporary characterization of individuals like <clears throat> andrew yang and elon musk like these sort of this idea of like individualized tech not in tech i guess i should say individualized individual capitalist innovation like these this great men theory of history extended into the contempor- into the contemporary era as being like the sole agents of change of revolution did you just say my name did someone <laughs> i did hear that i was like huh and then being <laughs> the sole agents of revolutionary change in our world is a deeply well fucking flawed idea because when has when has a capital class ever benefited anything beyond the capital class like exactly you know, we mean, get we get the we we get like the uh one eighth piece of the everlasting gobstopper that was stuck in charlie's pocket that's that's what we get as mm-hmm. as the workers of the world um I would love to hear uh, contrasting thoughts as it relates to Wonka's characterization. Well, I definitely think that like this film supports the uh, history being shaped by great men theory, yeah. and it's just like, oh yeah, it's like so stupid. It's such but a only great men, yeah, only yeah. literally men. only and all the white straight cis, and it's like, um, what you might call it. <laughs> I mean, is the whole uh, the thing I love that I noted. Is when um, 
like he tells Charlie that he won. He's like, I couldn't have an adult be my successor because they would want to run things their way. Only a child would run the way things I would want them to run. My way. Yeah. And I'm, I'm like, like, oh, bro, you're just like this openly just manipulate and just like being like, oh, this is just a, a continuation of the bullshit capitalist process and this kid's too stupid to understand and we'll just do whatever you want. And you're just grooming this child to be the next you, the next Andrew Yang, the next bullshit. And it's just like... Like, era. <laughs> some, some thoughts on WW. <laughs> I mean, um, I think he's cool too, though. I think he's right. Oh yeah, he, he. I owns. love. I love his sense of style. I love his sense of humor. I love. Um, I like how he teaches his lessons to the kids by killing them <laughs> no <laughs> no murdering them they, fucking cold no no no, no, no. <laughs> he doesn't f- i and i i actually rewound he does not even touch whatsoever uh, augustus gloop as the kids fall like literally the kid falls on his own yes he does not push him in He's it, Wonka's hands are clean in this one small <laughs> instance in this film. No, 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 no. But he anyway. He, he doesn't mention what happens to his kids. Yeah. Um, um, to he go ahead. But but uh, yeah. He's just like a I don't a fucking enslaver, capital. Like just kill him. Yeah, I mean, I kind of love how he hates kids. Like, it's pretty, it's <laughs> yeah. pretty fucking. He's funny. like, oh, like no, stop, I put him no. up against the wall in the revolution, but like, there are sometimes I'm just like, those kids are getting sucked up, and he's just like, someone please help, murder police. And I'm just like, oh my god, same. Like, I would just be like, oh, these fucking children, send them off to the, the incinerator, please. Like, goddamn. <laughs> Um, a couple more things I want to touch before we wrap this up. One, Astro and I had at the case of Parallel Thought and Era. I imagine you might think about this as well, too, which is on Probably. any sort of what we are seeing is the film Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. What the Oompa Loompas are experiencing is a cinematic <laughs> adaptation of Upton Sinclair's <laughs> The Jungle. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Literally. Uh, that is just an absolute <laughs> fucking hellscape. I can't imagine. Oh, my God. Um, literally. Secondly, I want to say, if you had a horrific accident at your place of work and all of your coworkers came out and started singing parables at you. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, I've cut up my finger. Oompa loompa, look who dropped the knife. <laughs> just thinking about like me like working. I cut off the fucking tip of my finger at the fucking the pizza shop. It's fucking sucked. And a bunch of Oompa Loompas. I'd be so mad. I'd be like, shut up. Like, come on. Like, you're embarrassing me, guys. There's like that. I love like the. I love like during the uh, Mike TV with a final Oompa Loompa. It's like super serious and shit. And they're like doing like this modernist ass dancing where it's like, boom, yeah. boom, 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 boom. It's like all. It's like, oh, we're getting dude, It's getting some into heavy, some heavy shit right now. Sondheim coming through. Wagner esque. Uh, <laughs> and. <laughs> The final point, and then I'll we can maybe do a round robin and get everyone's sort of final takes on the round on this film robin. in general. But um, yeah, my general takeaway from this film is that it is pro capitalism. It is pro a very specific oh, yeah. form of capitalism. At the end of the day, and I said this, I spoiled this out to Astro already, where but I said that this film 
and the Oompa Loompas in particular as this sort of Greek chorus um, are expounding <laughs> yes. the virtues of the Protestant work ethic, <laughs> sort of this early capitalist mindset that, uh, that like, I guess predates, uh, you know, sort of early 20th century and well, just general 20th century greed is good approaches to greed. capitalism, um, which is, is good. just the conceptualization that, uh, that God's favor will be granted to those of of bright moral upstanding who work hard uh, and work within the system. Fate will always take care of you. Yes, exactly. That's just, that's the takeaway from look, Charlie being the the winner of the competition. Yeah, exactly. I think just gotta lift yourself up by your bootstraps. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think my takeaway from this film is that it's about chocolate. <laughs> and that's about Fuck it. Yeah. That's about it. It's about chocolate. Um, and it's about yeah. uh, it's about eating that chocolate. I want to see, <laughs> see Willy Wonka and the just the the, the railgun factory. Like Willy Wonka's <laughs> factory's been appropriated in the revolution to create like industrial tools. Oompa <laughs> <laughs> loompas are just being fucking like shovels. <laughs> This is a much darker. <laughs> it's like Mordor. Just <laughs> <laughs> growing up a little bit out so of the ground, out of the molten chocolate river, just ripping them out. What the fuck, that's like screaming like babies. <laughs> right, that's all I got. There we go. Um, uh, my. I guess concluding thought is um, can't wait to catch you all next week as we dissect Avatar Four. <laughs> oh my God! Are we, is there is there seriously going to be an Avatar Four? It's there's going to be an Avatar. There's going to be at least five. Holy shit! Well, we're reviewing them all, and we're reviewing them yeah. here next week. Yeah, we but we're going here. straight to four. We're going straight we're to four. Straight we got the four. we got the Oscar streamer streamer from James <laughs> yeah. Cameron ourselves. This is the one reason yeah. we built. He sent it in actually. He's like, "Yo, I heard that first episode of Ghost Kino, and like, you just tore this fucking lit. apart, tear like, this movie apart." Big fan, big fan of your work. <laughs> I hope you're a fan <laughs> yeah. of mine.